Welcome to I Don't Want to Grow Up, the podcast where two guys who go out to eat far too much despite having refrigerators full of delicious leftovers talk about how things were infinitely better when they were kids and spend an entire episode convincing themselves that they're right. I'm Jordan Stratton. And I'm Felix Schlater. And I did not go out to eat today despite having really wanted to. I was telling myself I wasn't going to. And then I was hungry at 5 o'clock. So I got a watch. I tried to get you to come and get coffee with me today. And you were a very responsible adult and I was did a not. good boy. I was yeah, a good I, working boy. I had to put a, a gap in between what I was saying. <laughs> I didn't want it to sound like you were a very irresponsible adult. Right. You were, in fact, a responsible adult. I was. I thought so, too. <laughs> and and in, in turn, you turned me into a responsible adult. Look at that. Look at that gap. Wow. <laughs> that word gap. Uh, and I did not go get a cup of coffee. You didn't. Today. No, I you didn't. You didn't go by yourself. I didn't. I ended up sitting Aww. in my office, which we're sitting right now, and I got a bunch of work done here. Oh my gosh, I'm such a good influence on I you. Drank, I drank swill. I drank K-cup swill. Oh, it just tastes like charcoal and sadness. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> and I tried to drink it black, like the good stuff you can drink black. Yeah. Doesn't work. Well, you just got a Chemex. I did. And it's changed your life. I've been Chemexing everything. Every day. Yeah. Do you know you can Chemex Kool-Aid? You can't. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's, it's not mistake. good. It did not turn out well. <laughs> okay, we're not talking about Chemexes hot or coffee. <laughs> we're hot Kool-Aid. We're talking about fears. Fears. Fears.com. Fears. Wasn't that a movie, Fears.com? Or Fear... Fear Incorporated. Oh my God. I don't know. You would know <laughs> far better than I would. I know Fear something was. Uh, fear was University. Fear. Fury. Juliana Fury. Fury. Fear. <laughs> Nick Fury. Guy Fury. Oh, no. Fear Town. Fear Town. I would watch the crap out of a Guy Fury. Fear Town, where he just he goes to, to small dives and scares the crap out of everybody. I want to I want to watch it watch a show where he was made to be on it and he doesn't want to be there and he <laughs> keeps going to the scariest places and he's visibly uncomfortable it's, the whole time it's and so, he's he's so scared he's mad he knows he has to be there it's he's making a living his family depends uh, on it but it's the one show he has right now I don't and it's, be the it's ruining his life. <laughs> I would watch the crap out of it. In the blacklight, his hair just glows. Oh my gosh, his sunglasses are sewn into his neck (laughs) by Jigsaw. Oh no. I would watch the crap out of a Guy Fieri diners die. Oh my gosh, diners, drive ins, and And dies. Dies. And dies. Yes. Diners, drive ins, and dies. And dies. I'm Guy Fieri. I'm going to murder someone on camera. And then he does, and then and then it's just him eating. He's like, he's like mom, mom. oh, that's so good. <laughs> Back to my family. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Oh gosh, we lost so many listeners. His Mustang. The is, few listeners we had, they're <laughs> do- they're gone now. His Mustang's blood red because of. All so his all this to say, if you didn't know, we Ooh. love horror movies. Yes, absolutely. So uh, just the the more grotesque and gruesome, the better. It's we we for a while, we were every Monday night, 
Monday was Fear Night. Monday was Fear Night. We were, we literally watched a horror movie every Monday night every for Monday. for for months. Yeah, that's that was the the, the foundation on which we based our friendship. <laughs> was watching gruesome deaths on television. <laughs> Jordan just choked out his wine. <laughs> we're, it's a, it's a wine night. We're uh, sipping on wine, sipping on Rex. A nice little Pinot. It's nice. Um, yeah. So we 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 a lot of our friendship is based on on scary flicks. There's not there's not a whole lot of friends that that are within my my close intimate friendship circle. Uh, I don't know why I just called it an intimate intimate circle. Like we sit around. Am I in that? (laughs) Yes, you are. Oh, oh, I almost said a hundred percent, but I realized that I said that too much. Ninety nine percent, you are. Right. Wait, no, that sounds worse. You you are. Uh, I I don't have. Hardly any friends who will sit down and watch a horror movie. Yeah, we don't me. know a lot of people who do because most people uh, will. I guess most normal people, most normies, most normies, I'm not interested in them. Will uh, when I ask them if they want to go see the the latest Blumhouse picture or the newest Saw movie, they say, "Why do you watch that?" I, I guess I only have Valley <laughs> Valley girlfriends. Oh my god! They, they're like die. They're like they die. <laughs> They just they find it grotesque. They find it unnecessary. They find it uh, excessive, which is all the reasons why, why I enjoy watching yeah, them. Absolutely. And so uh, you know when those well, a horror movie is a completely different experience than any other movie going watching experience is exactly it's, because in my opinion a good horror movie which is extremely hard to pull off right is unforgettable whether yeah. it's it's. It's good because it actually scared the living daylights out of me as a 34-year-old adult to, to go back to my dark home and, and it get under my skin. Well, adult might be a little far. Okay. 34-year-old um, child. I don't want to grow up. Uh, or if it's something that has such an impact on society, social commentary, whatever. And, of course, I've got two two movies in my head, and I know exactly – I know that you know the movies that I'm talking about <laughs> when I reference both of those pictures. The first – being hereditary mm-hmm. that that got under my skin in a way that a movie hasn't in a long time. We thought about that movie for weeks. I, I still find myself thinking about that movie. And the second being Get Out, mm. Jordan Peele's Get Out, it caused such a stir commentary-wise. Yeah, social that, commentary. <clears throat> exactly. It was such an important film, whether you liked horror or not. Mm-hmm. He, show, he, he shown, shined, shonies? Shined. shonies? He shined. Who are shonies? Are they, they're gone, right? I think they're gone. Okay. Anyway, How Jordan Peele's Get Out. That's ter- <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> this podcast is by his, his movie shined such a light on that level of of social commentary. Like there was so much that happened around that because of that movie. Right. There, it wouldn't have been able to happen in any other art form, in any right. other avenue. Mm-hmm. And so, while it was by itself a standalone fantastic movie. It also elevated itself to this point where it was well, there's like, so many layers. Exactly, right. exactly. And I think if he had set out to make a comedy or a drama or something, I feel like he's such a talented guy. He would have been able, been able to hit that that level of impact somewhere. Mm-hmm. But because it was horror, he, he just I don't know. He elevated that art form to a point where that's now the standard. It became yeah. the standard for like, okay. Get Out is here. I'm holding my hand up above my head as far as the scale goes for those of you who can't picture it because it's an audio uh, format. format. <laughs> but um, 
now that's that's the standard. It's like it doesn't necessarily have to has to raise awareness for anything, but the level of quality which he brought to the table, it's like guys, this is what's possible. We don't just have to release B horror movies all the time. And don't get me wrong, I love B horror. B horror is incredible. <laughs> well, that's the that's the beauty of a horror movie is that if it's good, I mean, if it's really good, if it's hereditary and get out levels of good, mm-hmm. then it's something that sticks with you forever. Right. And there, and you can say exactly why it's stuck with you. Right. Now, if it's a B-level horror movie that's just horribly bad, I, have st- to show it to I everybody. still want to see it. <laughs> you better believe I still want to see I was, that. That's what I was getting at. So you either have the amazing experience of the movie you just watched, the horror movie you just watched being so good that it was an incredible, entertaining experience, <clears throat> or it was terrible, <laughs> but it made that experience all the better. Right. And there's not very many, hardly if any, movie genres that do that. Right. If comedies are bad, they're just bad. If dramas are bad, they're just bad. But they horror... become painful. <clears throat> but yep. then a painful horror movie. Oh, give it to me. All I mean, of it. not all the time, but man. But see, it has to be spectrum. It has to be on the in opposite complete opposite end of the spectrum it has to be like whether it's like the the creators are trying to make it this like amazingly scary movie but it's just bad Mm -hmm. that is fantastic b horror Mm -hmm. um i mean plan b from outer space perfect example of it yeah they set out to make an an insanely scary movie but they fell flat i think Characters in the movie were accidentally calling characters by their real names. They were doing. There was all kinds of things that just made that movie awful. <laughs> but it's now this amazing B cult classic right. horror movie. Right. And like, what, where for. else is that? I mean, The Room, maybe. Yeah. But there's not very many comedy dramas, rom coms where they're just so bad that they become elevated to a status level. Right. But horror does it all the time. And this is <clears throat> this is a great example of just the fact that we don't mind being afraid of things now, especially if we're if it's in a dramatic sense. Like if if we know we're going into an experience where like I want this to scare me. We go into it purposely. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I'm going to do it all the time. It's great. But that wasn't really the case when we were kids. Ooh. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh- Jordan is a professional at this because he just completely segued into why we're doing this. <laughs> so, that being said, I want I want to know your uh, you as a as Jordan the kid. Yeah, uh, band name I call it Jordan um, the kid. That was a weird bandit, <laughs> just a just a doughy little bandit with a handkerchief <laughs> and a cap gun. <clears throat> I want to know your childhood experiences yeah. with fear, horror movies, like all of it. Well, Just I wasn't, I didn't have your experience. I know I know you watched horror movies a lot growing up, mm-hmm. at least compared to me, because I, I didn't get really get into horror movies and, and the horror genre and just just being scared. What was the first horror movie you watched? Oh, gosh. Do you remember? No. I, I, I don't. What was the first one that okay, stuck it, with well, you? Well, here's the thing. I, I don't remember because I think I... I I, I don't remember the first horror movie I watched outright, you know, okay. beginning to end, because there were times growing up where I would uh, I wouldn't put a VHS tape in of Halloween three, <laughs> so it'd be on TV, right? Okay, okay. And so I would just turn it on and I'd watch like, oh, this guy just got stabbed with a pitchfork, uh, and like that's <laughs> still no, the that's, corn. that's great, yeah, yeah. And uh, <clears throat> but like I I don't think 
I don't even know what the but first see, one kids, would be. As kids, we didn't watch those on our own by ourselves. Like, it was never something where, like, oh, my, my parents left for the grocery store. I'm going to go watch. I guess I'll pop Chucky in. Right. It was always, it was always peer pressure. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Do, you, do you have any of those memories of, like, sleepover? It, it was always a sleepover. I, my friends never really did. We, did, we didn't, I didn't really get into it until maybe high school, until okay. we actually started going to theaters to see stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Do you happen to remember the one that stuck I with don't. you in theaters? Okay. I don't. I do remember in, I wish I did. in, uh, in theaters, mm-hmm. the one that really, really stuck with me was Sixth Sense. That one, for whatever reason, huh. Shyamalan's Sixth Sense really stuck with me. And I had seen plenty of horror movies in theaters, but for whatever reason, the way he he did that movie, like, he came out guns blazing. Yeah. You know, he, he came out on top. And I have to imagine, as someone who who, who does his best to, to make stuff and, and be entertaining, if you come out with that level of, like, holy crap, you have to of be paying attention to this guy. Yeah. Like, everything that you come up with beyond that has to one-up the last thing you did. Right. And he tried. He tried his hardest. He tried his damnedest to be like, uh, okay, here's the next twist, I guess. And I think that was his ultimate demise. It was just, like, trying to out-twist himself. Right. He became that guy. But that being said, The Sixth Sense, I remember watching it with a group of friends in theaters, mm-hmm. and they dropped me off at my house. I was still living with my parents at the time, because that movie came out in, like, 98 or 99. I was in early high school, maybe middle school. I don't remember exactly the year. But they dropped me off at my front door, and then they drove off. And they didn't even do, they didn't even do me the courtesy of, like, making sure I got into my Make house Make sure you okay. survived. And I remember door. opening the front door into the darkness of the foyer of my home <laughs> and having to, like, having to, to go through my house by myself. Yeah. That was terrifying. <laughs> and, like, Sixth Sense isn't even, like, a really scary movie. It I wasn't. Mean, but at it, the time, I'm sure, oh if, you're, if you're early high school, middle school, come well, on. Well, the idea that the ghosts are there. They're just there. They're just there. And most of them are just doing... Daily things. And the only one that can see them is Haley Joel Osment. And he's not there with you. He's not there. Right? He's alive. Bruce Willis is dead. Spoilers. Right. Um, but I, that movie, I remember, got under my skin so much as, as the first one I saw in theaters. Okay. As, like, remembering that. Okay, so I'm, I take it back. So I do remember the first film that really got under my skin. I'm ready. I'm ready. But it wasn't, and I, 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 I'm sorry for, for saying that Sixth Sense wasn't a horror movie, and that's what creeped you out, because the movie that creeped me out was Land nothing, time. was nothing, that, which was also <laughs> kind of weirdly creepy, um, that stuck with me was, and I, if you even know this movie, I'm going to, okay. I'm going to buy okay. you a drink. I'm ready. Um, it's called Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I do not know Nope. It's a, it was made in the 50s. <laughs> By we'll Disney, keep talking. Starring Sean Connery. <laughs> yep, and uh, and I watched it. I remember I was home from school for like a week. I had the flu. I'm just trying to remember what you said, and I'm typing it in the Google. Keep going. <laughs> oh my gosh! So I was home from school for probably about a week or so. I had a really bad flu, so I had like really high fever, and I was just like watching stuff. Yeah, I, I was watching just like random movies and things, <laughs> and I don't know how I ended up watching this. And it was there's there's this one point where there's a 
He feels looking at pictures. And this movie he's came out in 1959. <laughs> Keep going. And he's he's very excited. Um, but there's a point, and I just remember in like a weird, hazy, medicine-induced fever dream-like state where I there's a scene with a banshee, and it it it's like hovering around, and it like comes up to the screen, and that scene alone terrified me oh for gosh. months oh of my, my life Mo- like I, I i couldn't i cu- i couldn't sleep like i couldn't i i just <laughs> imagined this this crazy animated banshee from the 50s disney film so you had a very as a young child as a young kid jordan jordan the kid jordan the kid you had a very very healthy fear and respect for banshees for banshees <laughs> as anyone should <laughs> As anyone who's seen Darby O'Gill and the Little that People is should. Incredible. Yeah. I've never heard of this movie. That's I've... that's next Monday. That's that's <laughs> That's our next movie. I don't think I don't think our people are ready for it. I don't think I'm not ready. ready. <laughs> I'm excited to watch this movie. I am quite excited to watch this movie. I have two kids and now I wonder should I let them Just watch it? Just wait till they have a terrible flu. <laughs> Well, so was it the was the it the flu state? Was it a flu state? I think it must have been. It had to have been. I I don't know because like I looking back, I haven't rewatched it, so maybe it's terrifying. Maybe it's the scariest thing. I mean, Sean Connery looks real good. I mean, Just that's, that's like right before he was Bond, I think. Oh, so because okay. he was Bond in the sixties. I yeah, that sounds good. I mean, you know, he had to fight off the Banshee, and then he <laughs> he became part of His Majesty's Secret Service. Just throwing cufflinks. <laughs> He just blows her up with his watch. Double <laughs> shovel. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's Irish. It, was it an Irish? Yeah, he's movie? Irish. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, show, show, show. And then he throws cufflinks and, and gold. <laughs> I guess I don't know. I've never, anyway, I've never seen it. all that to say, my scariest earliest movie wow. was not a horror movie at all. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So we, uh, I had a, I had an entirely different. <laughs> did you it wasn't a leprechaun related film that scared you actually the leprechaun films are uh, are mm. jennifer aniston is in the first oh, one i know oh my gosh They're, those movies were insane leprechaun terrifying. in space uh, yeah <laughs> there's the, speaking of horrible the irish B-roll equivalent amazing. of jumping the shark <laughs> they thought okay all right guys the first one was a smash success we had Jennifer Aniston, who is now a friend's fame. People love Leprechaun. Where can we take it from here? <laughs> Where's the furthest we can take it? Space! We're going to space! Got it, Johnson. <laughs> space it is. You're a genius. <laughs> and then they took Leprechaun to space. They did. Which is why I will never go to space. Because as brilliant as I think Elon Musk is... And as, as much as I would love to see Mars someday... Because I've seen Darby go and the little people, <laughs> and I, I will that. not go to space. <laughs> I know what, what, waits, uh, what awaits me there just, in the great beyond. Just on Mars. <laughs> oh, sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> and then they all just... Snap. They just drive Teslas around. <laughs> That's what they... they it's very different from traditional Irish folklore. Lots of gold auto-driving Teslas <laughs> around Mars. Oh, my goodness. 
Maybe I do want to go. Maybe I, that sounds pretty great. I take that back. I want to go because this is, there's rainbows just shooting out of the back of Tesla. Out of their exhaust pipe, just <laughs> rainbows and gold. Rainbows and gold. It doesn't run on gas. That's my favorite It runs on rainbows song. and gold. Buy Tesla. <laughs> That's how you charge it. You park your Tesla at the base of a rainbow and it charges it. <laughs> Um, we, we watched the crap out of horror movies as kids. Okay. And I, I was not the, the catalyst for this. I was going to say, but were you actually, I know we're talking a lot about horror movies here and, and this isn't a horror movie. Okay. It's a specific fear episode. So were you actually scared of these films though? Oh yes. I mean, I'm I'm still scared of these films, but I still watch them. But (laughs) so, okay. So I remember, uh, uh, we never had sleepovers at my house. My uh, we lived in a, a townhome. It wasn't big enough to accommodate the you know the three or four friends that would oh gosh <laughs> come have the sleepover. There was always one one kid, Brian, who would. Uh, there was always like that one friend in the group of friends whose parents were like, "Yeah, just do whatever you want. I don't care. Leave me alone." And then we would do whatever we wanted. Those parents did drugs. They did a lot of drugs. So many drugs. A lot of drugs. And so we were like, I remember watching like. His dad would buy us pay-per-view like horror movies, and then he would go to bed and then what? leave us. Leave us. He's like, "You guys want to watch Pumpkinhead? Okay, that's fine." And he would like punch in his credit card. That's fine. I'm just gonna put and then he would go to bed. Movie. And we would watch like all the Nightmare on Elm Street. What? We would watch uh, the Leprechaun movies, Pumpkinhead, like all of those horror movies that are like classics now. We watched by ourselves. And I remember my Way mom. Way to go, Brian's dad. <laughs> I remember my mom getting so upset. She found out? She found out. What did you tell her? Yeah. What <laughs> but why did you do that? Because one time we invited my we invited my brother to a sleepover. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was forced to invite my brother to a sleepover. Who As was, you are. Uh, four years my junior. And of course, Brian and Brian's dad was like, Oh, of course you can watch horror movies. How old's your brother at this point? So let's see. I was probably in like elementary school. Oh Lord! Element like late elementary school. So he was tiny. He's probably like second grade. <laughs> he was tiny. You ruined him. This explains so much. We watched Nightmare on Elm Street. This is the same brother who had to have a piece of his skull replaced with a piece of metal. Correct. Good. Okay. Not because of Nightmare on Elm Street. Because of the, <laughs> because of a skateboard. This this story doesn't end with him getting his skull replaced with a piece of metal. Freddy was chasing him, <laughs> and then. Fell asleep. <laughs> Can't fall asleep. But can we talk about the genius of the fear of falling asleep for one oh, that's second? Great. It was whoever, whoever it was, Wes Craven, whoever it was that designed the Nightmare on Elm Street economy of like, if you fall asleep, yeah, that's where bad things happen. That's you're already scared. You're already scared oh when you're going to bed. Gosh. And so yeah, before that, you're thinking, okay, all I have to do is get to sleep and I'm fine. Mm-hmm. But now, all of a sudden, to say that one safe haven of actually falling asleep is no longer sanctuary, right? terrifying, but genius, right. absolutely genius. I mean, and that brings up another, I mean, we'll get back, I promise we'll go back to your story with my brother, because I want to hear about that, but that brings up, an, up another interesting point about fears in general as kids. I mean, were you ever scared of the dark? Were you scared of walk getting out of bed at night oh, we yeah. scared things out of your bed oh yeah i mean like i think back of the number of times where you you come to the realization at two in the morning as a kid mm-hmm. that you have to get up and go to the bathroom oh my gosh 
That's like that's that's terrifying. And you have to make the leap. You from have to your make bed. the jump. You have to make the jump from your from your bed yep. to the floor yep. because if you jump far enough, the stuff from under the bed won't grab your yep. uh, your Achilles, your ankles, which is a very. Uh, I mean, there was a Greek god, right? Who's like yeah. one weak point. That's what happened to him. He didn't make the jump, and then Dummy. something just snacked his Dummy. snacked <laughs> snacked his Achilles right up. You know, it'd go good with these pork rinds, Cheryl. <laughs> Why? This Achilles. <laughs> this boy's Achilles. You know that Achilles? His his ankles. I think he's getting up to go pee. <laughs> I'll get it. And then he eats his Achilles. And that's the story of how Achilles got his name. That's the classic Greek his trope. Name. <laughs> his name was Daryl. <laughs> okay. But so yeah, he had to... <laughs> going to the bathroom in the middle of the night was an ordeal. Yes. You had to almost convince yourself, like, I think I can make it. You had to have this, like, you had to deal with the internal conflict <laughs> of, like, do I have to pee enough? No, I can fall back asleep, and then my body won't have to pee anymore. Yep. I won't have to think about yep. it. But then you try, but you have to pee so bad. Yeah. That's the way you woke up in the first place, because that's how bodies work. So, uh, if your body works correctly. Hopefully. Uh, so then you you eventually muster up the courage to do so. You jump you jump far enough. Your Achilles are safe. You, you scurry down the hall fast, but not fast enough to wake up your parents. You open up the bathroom door. You turn the light. You're in safety. You do what you need to do, but then you realize oh, no. you have to venture back. Back into the darkness. And then you, but because not only, you, you, you turn on the light and that was your first mistake. Oh. Because you have to turn the lights back off and now your your eyes are adjusted to the light. Did and you ever so, just pee in the dark because you knew, that's terrifying. Because if, no, yeah, okay, I didn't no, either. I, I didn't, didn't either. But. No, no, no. I, I, I'm telling you this out of experience. You turn the lights <laughs> okay, off okay. and then you realize it's a billion times darker than it was when oh you walked there. Gosh. You can't see a thing. Yeah, because, yeah, when you wake up in the middle of the night and you have to go to the bathroom, you can at least, like, you can see the shapes of your home. Yes. And you say, okay, that's the door frame. There's the, my there's, desk. There's my dresser. Yep. There's the weird part of the hallway that juts out. <laughs> that's where the murderer sits behind the curtain. Right. Great. And so you can make your way to the bathroom and then do your thing. But yeah, you're right. When you turn that light on, that night vision is gone. Yep. Which, side note, which is why some pirates wore eye patches. Um, what? Yeah. <laughs> some some pirates, according to lore, and I'm gonna I'm gonna just assume that this I is have true, so many questions. They wore they had two perfectly good eyes. They wore an eye patch over one eye, so it always got accustomed to the dark. What? So that way, when they were in situations where what? it was dark, they could flip up that eye patch and I see don't it in the dark. Believe the. First of all, where are you reading? Stop clapping. Where are you reading? <laughs> Stop it! I'm mad right now. Where are you reading pirate lore? <laughs> The pirate bay. <laughs> oh, shut up! <laughs> no, I. It was on some Reddit post. It was like talking about why they did that, and there was actually the, the Reddit post was talking about this exact thing: going to the bathroom in the middle of the night and then stubbing your toe inevitably on your way back. And someone's like, "Oh, well, pirates uh, went to the bathroom and they didn't want to go back <laughs> well, to their no, bed." No, what they would do as a life hack is they would hold one hand. I'm, I'm putting one hand over my left eye, and while they would go to the bathroom. They would keep that one eye open but look into darkness, into the cup of their hand. That way, when they turn the lights off and went back into the Wait, hallway. Does, does night bathroom, vision not work? Like, can you not just keep your eye closed? Your iris doesn't open enough. I don't really? know. I don't know. That's science. <laughs> this isn't a science pod. Come on. Tonight, when you get home and you have to inevitably go to the bathroom, 
cup your hand over your eye and just see if it works when you turn the lights just back on. Just for kicks. Just because. Because we're Pretend adults. you're a pirate. We're adults who aren't afraid of the dark. You're a pirate who's not afraid of the dark. You're a scary pirate. <laughs> and Jordan the Kid Hart. <laughs> <laughs> That's you. Just That's the scourge, pirate name. The scourge of the seven. He's got both of his eyes, but he likes to put a little eye patch on it so he's not scared. He can't afford an eye patch, so he puts his left hand over it here. <laughs> he puts a hook over his left eye. He just cups it ever so gently. That's how he lost in the first place. <laughs> he didn't lose it. It's there. He hooked it out. <laughs> but a fear of the dark was a genuine fear as a kid. And I, I almost have to remind myself now as an adult to be like, it's just the dark. It's fine. Right, right. Because um, I actually made a video about being the last one up at the end of the night when you live in a two-story home. Mm-hmm. Even now as an adult, I find myself... Uh, if I have to go downstairs and turn off the kitchen light, the living room light, all that stuff, and be the last one up, and behind me is just darkness, <laughs> I, I still find myself walking a little bit faster than I normally would. Not because I'm like, oh, no. it's I think it's just muscle memory. I think it's just <laughs> muscle memory because I remember growing up, we, we had a home that had um, – the stairs that didn't have the vertical spots in the stairs, mm. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, those really, f- it wasn't a fancy loft home, but if you imagine those fancy loft homes that just have the horizontal steps, so if someone were standing beneath the stairs, they could reach through oh, the Lord. slats of the stairs and grab your grab your legs. Or your Achilles. Your Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> Got him, Daryl. <laughs> um we had we had uh, a, a set of stairs that were like that, which made it even scarier. Yeah, and that was around the same time that the movie, "The People Under the Stairs," that was the name of oh the movie. Oh my gosh, that was the name of the movie, <laughs> and I watched it. They're just like preying on these childhood <laughs> fears that everyone had, first uh, with falling asleep, and then people under stairs. people under the stairs. The movie yeah. was actually called "The People Under the Stairs," and um, I, so I, I still to this day will find myself jaunting up the stairs a little quicker when I'm the last one. I'm always the last one. You might double up on the steps rather than going one for one. Just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, So some of those still carry over. And I've I've got two kids who I have to convince. Like, I have to remember what it was like when you turn off all the lights and you hear the the inevitable house creak or the thunderstorm. Of course your your mind wanders. It's, Mm -hmm. what what was that? Dad! <laughs> so then you have to come in and say, it's not this, blah, 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 blah. But and it is different, because you, you live out, you live kind of in the in the, in the burbs a bit. A little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Um, where I live in a townhouse, mm-hmm. so like I'm, I'm, you know, attached to other places, and there's, you know, there's there's a parking lot rather than just a driveway out front, so mm-hmm. it's, it's more well lit. Right. And then, you know, I'm right on either side. We have one street light outside right, of our Right, right, right. It's, yep. it's dark when you leave your it house is. at night. And so, you know, my, my back back uh, yard, you know, it's pretty well lit from street lights. So I think there's there's a difference from, you know, going to sleep when you have just this massive house, mm. this massive, just just giant mansion. Libraries where, on libraries. <laughs> <laughs> when you're when you're shutting down the west wing Ooh, of your house. Got that podcast and, uh, money. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a difference it, it's much more isolating, I feel like, rather than being where I am, you know, closer to a lot of these other townhouses in more urban area. Mm-hmm. I don't know why they feel safer that way. It does. There's because you at least know like if there's someone going through and just taking taking names, like you know, but you know what? John next door, yeah, he's getting taken out too. <laughs> there's something very <laughs> At safe. least we're all gonna die. <laughs> at least it's gonna be well lit and I can see that. I right, can see right. it happening. I think there's something more it's more about like 
you know, it, if there's a hundred of us, the likelihood that I'm going to get taken out, it's much smaller. <laughs> but you're on the end of the unit, though. Well, no, 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 no. But I'm at the end of the street with like like <laughs> ten other houses and and like apartment complexes down there. You're thinking Come about on. an efficient. It's about like, numbers. An efficient killer. He's be like, I'm going to start from the middle and work my way <laughs> out, so I've got an easy Stop escape. Stop messing with my logic. <laughs> it's the one thing I can walk up my stairs casually right now. I want to be able to keep doing that. Just I'm going to insert the sound of a sharpening knife <laughs> here in post. <laughs> you add it as my text message sound, and you somehow know when I'm walking up the stairs. <laughs> But I mean, th- those were obviously some of these still carry over from when we were kids. Mm-hmm. There's there's still some, like you said, muscle memory right. about these fears that they still kind of reverberate, even if they don't scare us, we don't act on them. We might think about them. Mm-hmm. You know, we shut off those lights. We think like, huh, like that's that's that. There's still like a, a whisper of that there, right? Oh yeah. So whispers are terrifying in my time. Right. <laughs> Let's not talk about whispers. Whispers, children laughing. Ah! I'll, I'll listen to children laughing all the time, but. At night? Come on, no, no, no. stop it! No, thank you. Go to sleep. What? Um, <laughs> what were um, what were some of your or one of your uh, irrational or or rational uh, childhood fears, if, if you had any? Oh, those were those two that we talked about. I mean, going up the stairs, shutting off all the lights off. Um, for my for my wife, I know that it's still one that carries over. Today. You told me about this, and this is my favorite thing. So ever. okay, it's twofold. Yeah, it's twofold. Yeah, yeah. The first, the first being um, Sarah. If you're listening, I apologize that I did not ask your permission to tell this. <laughs> but the first is clowns. She is still deathly terrified of completely clowns. normal fear. Right, and this is a whole thing. It's a whole thing. Yeah, and that's okay. Yep. But the second is savages skinning her family alive. Not quite as normal she had she had this recurring dream as as a kid of and she would wake up like screaming she would wake up terrified that this vivid thing was happening her family was trying to get away from this group of of savages um whatever race you as a listener (laughs) decide you want them to be i'm not going to say what that is that they would be just chasing them. It's the fear of someone chasing you yeah. and inevitably catching you mm-hmm. and then doing harm to you or the people around you that you love. And so obviously there was a very strong bond with her and her family. She comes from a big family. And so then to be the one who survives and watches this horrible thing happen, it was a recurring thing for her. What is this based on? I have no idea. You're the and head she, doctor. She <laughs> <laughs> She's the only one in the family that has this. Yeah. Like, I none mean, of her siblings. I know she has a bajillion siblings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They're comes, all visiting every other weekend now. Um, she comes from a family of five. Okay. Um, siblings alone. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, I, and she's not oldest. She's Has not she, youngest. Do, do the other ones know about this? I don't know. Oh, I don't man. know. I don't know if they did or not. And the gap is is huge, but not huge-ish. Like, her and her young youngest sister, who is the youngest of five, were closest, obviously, because they were the closest in age. Right. And they shared a room. So I imagine her younger sister, Sharon, knows about a lot of this stuff because she would wake up in the middle of the night screaming. And so it was a recurring thing. Um, I experienced it a couple times where she woke up just terrified, just terrified. After you're married. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily that dream, but she's all she's always been known to have, when she does have nightmares, mm-hmm. they're vivid. 
extremely, extremely vivid. And sometimes they're justified, and sometimes it's just something that sneaks its way into her psyche during the day and formulates some sort of a narrative like into you, her Like you dream. did something, and she wakes up <laughs> pissed at you? Yeah, I just, you know... We uh, <laughs> we watched Dances with Wolves eighteen times that day. And what? <laughs> and then Kevin Costner chases. Him. <laughs> I don't know. I who knows? You know, some of us place a whole lot of emphasis onto the things that we dream, and yeah. they say like that shapes who you are. And then there are other people who say it's just your brain offloading the things that are happening during the day. It's a number of things. Yeah. I mean, it has to do with your subconscious. And Again, you're the you're the per- right you're the pro there. Dreams I, <laughs> are dreams are a way for us to process things that we can't normally process. Done. There. But all that to say, besides scary banshees, um, you know, coming at me at the night, at the night, at the um, night. At the hat the night. Um, <laughs> this is the podcast of terrible Irish accent. Strikes <laughs> um, that didn't remind me. I I didn't really remember it until you said that. I did have a recurring, not maybe not recurring, but I had this. I had a, a nightmare about a group of people chasing my family, and we were in like a car, like in a in a minivan, and literally looking out the back window and realizing like people were like chasing us. Even though they're on foot, every time I look back, they were closer. Like a zombie movie. Kind of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was basically like that. I mean, that's, we've seen that trope a million times in movies. and it, The inescapable. Yeah, and I think, I think you see it on screen and it's a little bit yawnable. It's like, okay. But to actually try and put yourself in that situation, that's terrifying. Right. That's terrifying to know that you're, you're, your literal pedal is on the actual metal yeah. and you're flooring it. And you look behind you, and they're there. If you like the idea of that fear, of that, if you want to revisit that, go watch It Follows. Oh, it's so good. The it, idea that it's always there. And it, it is never, there. never 100% gone. It never runs, either. It, it just walks. It just, it's going it to get you. It just walks, and it just it follows. We won't spoil it for you, but it's definitely one of those... Uh, I think that was the first horror movie you and I watched together. might have together. been. Man, that was a good one to start with. And you hadn't seen it yet. No. And so we watched it. It was on the old Netflix. And we watched it. And <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, And if you're listening to Netflix, good job. <laughs> good job on you Nailed guys. it. You guys are doing a great job. <laughs> but now, okay, so these these are these strange, irrational fears that we have as kids. And as we grow up, but okay, let me let me also you let still want to I, I just real quick I want to yeah. touch on the fact that a lot of these irrational fears that we had as kids whether they were whether they were justified or not I guess uh-huh. you call them irrational because they weren't justified but for me I know I imposed a lot of that on myself mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't have to watch those horror movies and some of you might think okay the social dynamic of a sleepover and the 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 alpha male of that says we're watching this movie like I liked it. I, I liked knowing that I was going to be scared. I liked knowing that there was going to be a part of me that was going to, like, those thoughts were going to be bouncing around in my head. And maybe that's... Even as a kid? Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to that level probably until college. And I think, I think I, I treated it, I treated it a lot like spicy food as a kid, like, like I treat spicy food now as an adult. Like, I know, I know the <laughs> aftermath of what something extremely spicy is going to do for me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But I love it. But then, you know, I, Twelve hours later, I don't, I don't, because I'm dealing with the the repercussions of my decision twelve hours prior. Yeah, and I think as a kid, the the benefits of like that entertainment value of like, oh 
my gosh, I'm so scared right now. And then having to deal with that by myself in my room in the dark, like, yeah, that sucked. But I the 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 entertainment level that I had with my friends. I was gonna say it's for me that. it was it's a thousand percent social. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, oh, it's yeah. the social aspect of like yeah. we're in this together. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I remember uh the that same kid, Brian, we lived in Ohio when we did all this and we had basements. We mm-hmm. don't have basements here in Virginia no where Jordan basements. and I live because everything floods. because um, <laughs> we're next to the ocean. <laughs> it's yeah. This big body of water. Uh the Atlantic, you may have heard of it. But in Ohio we had basements. And this this kid's basement in particular was extremely terrifying because it was just all of the junk that his parents would collect. Oh gosh, there's and just so stuff everywhere. I remember we would watch horror movies, and then we would the two, three, four of us that were at the sleepover, we would all put blankets on and see how far we could venture into the nope. basement. That no. was our game. That's like that's literally that's what we did. scaring me now. <laughs> Okay, I had one of those, too. I had a friend who had a, one of those basements, too. It wasn't just, like, full of that basement, but he had, like, this giant room where it was, like, half of their bottom, it was just storage. Like, they had a pool table in there, but then they just had, like, all the walls and stuff were lined with, with different things, and there was, like, mannequin heads no! in there. Yeah, the, yeah, the scariest no! thing. Why do, why do parents have mannequin heads? <laughs> what are you using mannequin heads for? Every family had them. Uh, why are they there? <laughs> you don't wear wigs? What's going on? <laughs> Someday I'm gonna open that retail store, Barbara. We just need to put these in this. Well, that's our closet. golden ticket. We have you have 47 heads down there, Brent. <laughs> Daryl, go use the bathroom before bed. <laughs> and then he does. And he does. We should change his name to Achilles. <laughs> it's very different. I don't know why. So okay, I I wanted to take that side tangent because yes, as a kid, I I did implement a lot of that stuff on yeah. myself, and like I feel like kids. They have that sort of that compass to be like, ah, this is a little too, this is a little too saucy for me. I'm not gonna watch this because Did I just know- say too saucy, too saucy <laughs> as an eight year old. Yeah, uh, leprechaun. No, yeah. that's too saucy for me, guys. <laughs> do you have anything that isn't red sauce? <laughs> I just know this is gonna do. Just it for a me nice later. creamy Alfredo. <laughs> <laughs> just a scampi, just like a scampi, just a sweet scampi. Just like a nice creamy scamp. Like Harry and the Hendersons. You know? Just enough for That is everyone. the scampy equivalent <laughs> of movies. Harry and the Hendersons. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> um, but it was imposed on me. And yeah. I think now as an adult, because because I was so purposefully, purposefully uh, imposing that on myself as a kid... I, I gladly do that to myself now. I was going to say, because I still don't, I r- very rarely will watch a horror flick or something that I think might scare me just by myself. By yourself. Because not that I like, I won't enjoy it, I don't think, but I, I think I just know I enjoy it so much more with other people. It's just, it's one of the, for me, it's one of those genres that when when it's good, it's good, but when it's good and enjoyed with other people, yeah. it just exponentially increases that right. that level of entertainment. That social aspect of everyone knowing like we're going into the muck together. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let's just go. And I I I will I will admittedly watch horror movies by myself, but I think there's a part of me that is kind of just screening them because like I want to know <laughs> which ones do you want the experience I, yeah. with other people and there are times where like I'll start watching them yeah. and I think like I have to save I have to save the experience <laughs> of unpacking this movie with with I hate I'm gonna say this with my tribe <laughs> <laughs> 
Why'd you choose that with, word? With my tribe. We with don't call ourselves a tribe, <laughs> just so you know. I've never said tribe. Uh, just me and my tribe hanging me out, and my you know? Tribe. We just uh, But yeah, I think it's just I, I, I don't have like it's not like I can just invite any of my my friends over. Like it's weird. You have your pockets of friends of like, okay, these are the friends who I play video games with. These are the like these are like the friends that both my wife and I have in common that we can all hang out and it's fine. Or mm-hmm. it's like, okay, my wife has like her running group and her friends who if I hang out, I'm just kind of smiling and nodding. I'm thinking like, <laughs> those are the best. Eh, like you guys have so much in common and that's awesome. And I encourage, I encourage that. But then I'm just kind of like, I, I don't really have anything to talk about with you guys and that's fine. And, but then there's like the group that I, that I'm like, guys, I just found this gem of a horror movie. And if I tried to show that or share that or, or, or experience that with any of the groups that I just previously mentioned, they would look at me like I didn't have a Not head. only would they not want to do it, <laughs> but they would not want to talk to you because you wanted to do it. They're like, why are we watching this? Why what did you happening? why would you think there's that a banshee and this? Sean Connery in it? Why would I want <laughs> Have you seen it? It's terrifying. <laughs> It's a children's movie? It's a banshee at a rave. Why? What? (laughs) The driving Teslas on Mars? This doesn't even make sense. What's going on? Movie of the year. Rainbow powered? It's not even Pride Week. What's going on? Oh my gosh. That's fantastic. I would watch watch that so much. I would too. I would watch that so much. Okay, so, but... Horror movies are still kind of preying on those same tropes. I mean, the 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 inescapable monster, right? The I don't know, name some. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> just the monsters. So you got Jason. No, I, I, I mean, I, I mean, got... a lot of these are these inescapable monsters because right. you know whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the thing that's gonna get you, right? And they're constantly pushing that bar, right? Well, it, it's ultimately. I mean, the. It seems like the the horror movies that hit the most. It's it's all preying on the inevitable fear of how am I gonna go? Like, yeah. what's what what it is it what is it that's going to separate me from the living? Yeah. And, and and it's even pushed even more the fact that like not only is this gonna kill me, but how horribly I'm gonna die now. <laughs> Let's, and, then, and then the Saw movies came out. And then how much anticipation is there gonna be leading right, up to that right, point? Yeah. Right. It's true, and I think um, as an as an adult, like yes, there's there's still that sort of fun. I'm I'm doing air quotes uh, because some people are like, why why <laughs> why would you put yourself through this? There's that there's that entertainment level value of like this could happen versus <laughs> like the actual everyday drudge of like right. it's gonna happen. Yeah, it's gonna happen, and yeah, that's a scary thing, but. It's inevitable. It's just gonna happen. Sure. And so I think whether it's it, you're the type of individual who is like, you embrace it and you think like, okay, it's gonna happen. Let's move on. Right. Or you're the kind of person who's holed up and you become like this hermit of a person because you know that's coming and you're doing everything you can to, I I, I don't know, avoid it. I, it yeah. I, well, it's funny. It, in a weird way, it relates a lot to comedy mm-hmm. because, I mean, horror movies allow us to, to play in this space 
that's safe. Yep. Even though it's horrific, even though you might be scared, I'm still sitting on your couch eating Doritos, mm -hmm. and I'm not going to get stabbed in the chest by a guy with a hockey mask. So you think? Well, you know, it's... And a machete. <laughs> um, but I agree. But, but, it, but comedy, in, in, in an inverse way, it allows us to address these things, mm -hmm. to play in a space where things might be taboo. Right. But it's like, oh, but it's a stand-up set. Right. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to allow myself to laugh at that and kind of look at that in a different way than I normally would. Right. And so it's admissible. That's fantastic. The, the, the coping mechanism of comedy mm -hmm. is, yeah, you we use it to parse out a lot of real, very, very real things that happen to yeah. us. Uh, de <laughs> depression, uh, we've got catastrophic events in our life, the inevitable of like, oh my gosh, someday I'm going to die. And mm -hmm. if you if you think back to some of your favorite comics and the stand-up bits, if you look at the root of where those things are coming from, it's because they're doing their best to just deal. Yeah. Just deal. Did you... Did you um do you, have you listened to Tignataro's stuff? Oh yeah, fantastic. So did you you heard about when she was diagnosed with cancer mm -hmm. and how she literally went up? She went on stage that night. Yeah, yeah. it's absurd, but it, it, I mean, in a weird <clears throat> way, I mean, there's a way that that is a is a completely valid coping mechanism. Exactly, that coping mechanism, and I think it, I think people who create the horror genre who who live in those spaces of fear who. You know, you, you have a lot of, uh, I keep using the term normies, but people who just, who don't want to have to deal with it, so they just get on with their lives, right. and they deal with it in another way. But people who create horror films, people who are comics, people who write music, they live in this space that they, they, they're, they're drudging in it. Like, yeah. they get into well, that muck. It's this strange, abstract place where you're able to separate yourself and mm -hmm. look at something from the outside. Yep, and I think not everyone can do that. No, nope. not everyone. There are people who, and I'm not saying these people are wrong, mm -hmm. but there are people who are more concrete minded, where it's very mm -hmm. black and white, where it's you know you're not able to take yourself out of that scenario and look at it a different way, and yeah. that's fine. Yeah, but then there are people who are able to see things. Whether and a lot of times those people are either artistic, mm -hmm. they're a little more empathetic, but they because they're able to look at things from different perspectives. Yeah, and it it shows in the things that they create and the things that they do. Yeah. I mean, a, a, a fantastic, a fantastic example of that, of that, that darkness being reflected back in a coping mechanism that is initially viewed as something light and positive is Robin Williams. He was oh, just yeah. a classic example of like on the surface level, he was this endeared actor, comedian. I mean, who, who didn't love Robin Williams? Mm -hmm. And you look back on it now, knowing everything that happened, you realize how much he was actually dealing with. Yeah. It was just like, it was laid out for us. And it was just, it was so much. But that, that just, it's getting away a little bit from the, the topic of, of fear. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the mechanism of coping does manifest itself in so many ways. And I think comedy is a great example of it because you and I are such big fans of it right. that, yeah, people look at us and they think, why do you watch so much horror? And I, I think I'm, I'm okay with watching it because there's a part of me that knows like, someday, <laughs> maybe not like that, hopefully. I'm not gonna be sawing my own <laughs> leg off. But uh, but I'm okay with watching it and and that being in my brain because like you said I can separate the two yeah I can separate the two mm -hmm. and there was something that you you said actually it was one of the first times we had hung out or it, at some point when um, 
you you were going through some stuff and you um, you were dealing with it whether through through counseling or through conversation with your, your family or friends or whatever and you realized you had gotten to a, a plane or a point in your head where it was it was resolved and then there was a part of you that was scared that the the coping part of your brain that dealt with all of that stuff that that filtered it into comedy yeah. you thought oh dear lord I it's broke it. gone i broke it's it it's gone yeah. i i broke that filter yeah. that that i used to identify myself as i take this thing i push it through the filter of me and it comes out as things <laughs> that make people laugh i've completely destroyed it and i i think about that a lot because yeah. Yeah, like we're all we're all broken, broken. in some way, yeah. and it's like how do we how do we manifest that in, into our everyday lives for people to see? And some people make people laugh as a result of it. Some people make horror movies, <laughs> make and, horrific things. Some people write music. It's just it's all it's like it, art is fantastic because it helps us say the things that we don't know how to say. Right. We just don't. We just don't know how to say those things all the time. <sighs> so. <laughs> As adults, yeah, we're still dealing with these fears. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not quite—they're not savages skinning our families, Ugh. and they're not, uh, you know, they're not banshees running into our room <laughs> at night. They're—I uh, feel like our fears now are are—it's almost like a chronic thing rather than an acute moment, mm-hmm. like running up the stairs. Yeah. It's like the, the the constant fear of like. Oh, will my family survive? <laughs> Not like the winter, but like, right. like you know, <laughs> will Oregon I be able trail. to provide? <laughs> right. I've got to cock the wagon. <laughs> you um, died of dysentery. <laughs> but like, you know, just the the ability to be like, will I be good enough? Mm-hmm. And whether that's with as a as a husband, as a father, as a as a in your career, you know, mm-hmm. will I will I be fulfilled? Yeah. I swear, like one of my biggest fears is just being like. I just want to feel fulfilled yeah. in what I'm doing. It's true. And I think one of my, my biggest fears is that I'm going to look back when I'm old and decrepit and can't move and my brain's not working right, and I'm going to think, did I, did I scrape the bottom of that barrel? Did I, did I get everything out of my capable years that I could have? Mm-hmm. Whether it's like stuff that I would have made or whatever, the, the times when I should have been actively pursuing those things when I could have, was I taking an easier road to say, I'll, I think I'll just enjoy this leisure time more than I should be. Mm. I think rest is important, but there's definitely times when I'm like, I'm playing video games <laughs> way too much <laughs> or watching and binging shows on Netflix way too much. And I look back and think, I probably could have made something really, really interesting or at least scratched that creative itch this last month. Yeah. <laughs> At the same time, at the same time, I think like once I'm at that point and I'm like, you know, there's things I could have done and there's, there's a lot of things, you know, I probably shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, at the end, I'm going to be like, yeah, but whatever's, whatever's next is probably fine too. (laughs) Like, I'm just going to be like, this has been good. Yeah. I'm going to be ready. And I think uh, the, the season of life that I'm in too with, with fear, um, (laughs) what an interesting statement. (laughs) The season of life that I'm in with fear right now. Uh, you know, having having two kids, it's like the the idea of like, are these kids gonna grow up to be assholes? Yeah, I, I don't I true. don't want them to be that. And like, kids just soak up so much stuff that like, would you say that's like a fear? Is that just like an insecurity? 
It's a fear. It's a, it's a fear, fear because I, I I know that eventually I'm going like to to very slowly r- release them into into the world, mm-hmm. elementary school, middle school, high school, and inevitably, inevitably out on their own. Yeah. And so you do your best to just impart as much of your wisdom and your know-how onto them to where you hope and pray that some of it sticks so that when they're out there and they make those initial mistakes and they fumble and then they realize like, oh, that's what dad was talking about. And then they they hopefully kind of level out and they become a decent human being. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that uh, I'm doing that. <laughs> and my fear is that the the weird things when I'm too tired or too angry or whatever like you just those drop are the, the ball those are things those that are the I'm teachable moments that you're just like just watch Moana again I'm so scared of that I am <laughs> I am and I didn't realize how much I would be afraid of that until I had kids and it's like I enjoy the time that I have with them and at the same time I want to I know that it goes fast and everyone yeah. always tells you like it's gonna go fast and you don't really know that until you're there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I, I just, I don't want my downfalls as a human being to be the things that are imparted onto my kids. I just don't. I mean, what parent does? What right. parent's like, remember that time? I, I mean, saw- I mean, your parents were perfect in that way, right? They, they, nothing they did really it's true. messed and I, you up. I try and think back like the number of times when as, a, as an angsty teenager, I'm like, <laughs> my parents don't understand. Will Smith knows me. And that's why you're an artist. <laughs> Explains so much. <laughs> oh, no. What have I done? I just want to do my art. <laughs> Just as long as your girls don't become artists, you're oh. fine. Just make sure they're like accountants or yeah, something. Yeah, done. We're just we're gonna we're gonna deal with spreadsheets CPAs and calculators for days. Yeah, oh. CPAs for days. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. Oh man. Okay, so mm-hmm. we've been talking a lot. Yeah. About fear. It is a podcast. So we. <laughs> what? Um, doing a lot of interpretive so dance. We need to we need to <laughs> to move on a bit to a little bit of news time here. Okay. So I've got this, you're going to love this. Okay. I, I looked this up, and so dealing with fear, mm-hmm. um, we're looking at, this is from futurism.com. Okay. All right, so this kind of, this will kind of dovetail nicely into the, our 60 seconds of what will, what will fear look like in the future? Yeah. Um, I already know. I know, <laughs> you, I know you know, and I'm going to tell you what it is because I'm going to tell you the title of this article. It says... This is a, a subtitle, The uh, Digest, VR treatment, <laughs> even without a therapist. I'm emailing that man right now. <laughs> helps people overcome fear of heights. Well, I've seen this. Okay, keep going, keep okay, going. Okay, so this has to do with acrophobia, which okay. is the fear of heights. Right. Not the uh, fear of acronyms. <laughs> not the fear of acronyms, which I'm terrified of. CPA. Right. Uh, so basically they talk about, it's, it's a course, it says over the course of VR treatment program, Volunteers used a VR headset to meet with a virtual coach for six sessions, each roughly 30 minutes long. This automated coach started by asking them questions about their fear of heights and telling them facts about their phobia. Next, their coach guided the volunteers through a series of virtual scenarios to help them address their fear. These range from tossing balls over a ledge to rescuing a cat from a tree. Uh At the end of each session, the virtual coach asked each volunteer how they felt. The coach also encouraged the volunteer to, to encounter real-world heights between sessions. So, I mean, you see this. There's a photo of a guy, literally, the his feet are dangling from, like, a skyscraper mm. in a VR sense. Mm. 
And this is so true. I mean, these are the these are very concrete fears. Like this, right. this isn't. I don't think there's going to be a VR headset app that's going to help you make your daughters into good, wholesome people. But if there is, please email them. To, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to grow up at. Uh, we need an email address. We do. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's interesting how people recognize this and just how how technology is going to develop mm-hmm. for these things that for these fears that maybe irrational that that might be completely rational right but i mean you have to think for every one irrational fear there's 10 20 maybe a hundred maybe a thousand people dealing with that same irrational fear who don't want to speak up because i have to i have to imagine before tall skyscrapers were a thing there was probably one person who was on the ground thinking like "Mm, i don't want to go any higher than this i'm a little scared of that like when did that start though like was that was that a you just got to start and you're just like, no, some part yeah. of your like weird lizard brain is like, this is too high. I don't want to go any higher. And, or just like, was, is that when it started? The guy with is his that surfboard. The, is that, <laughs> that's why Bro. I just want to be in the water. Bro. Like, is that when that fear started? Or did the fear start when the guy's at the bottom of the skyscraper and he's like, oh, that, that's a really tall building. And then the, some guy just fell off and splatted right in front of him. He's like, oh, that's too high. It has to be. It bodies have to be. Hap- bodies splat at that height. <laughs> They don't bounce? No, they don't. He found out that day. Splat. They splat. They don't bounce. I think... Splat don't bounce. I Hashtag think splat don't bounce. All the- <laughs> CPAs for days. Hashtag splat don't bounce. Um, <laughs> I think all all fears have to be rooted in some some weird form of reality. Yeah. And they're, they're all there because my, my, my now three-year-old is afraid of nothing. Because, because, and she's also the most injury prone. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> because nothing's happened to her. Right. Like there hasn't been anything. And I, I, I look at her and I see the things that she's doing, and I think, should I just let that happen? Yeah. But then I think, well, no. She's already broken a collarbone. <laughs> she's already gotten stitches. Like, I don't want to have. And I've that's got, just because she didn't listen to you, <laughs> right? <laughs> I've got to pay for those things. But even then, that fear hasn't been instilled in her. Because she's three, like right. what, like what sorts of fears? When when the when the older one, the five year old, starts seeing things on in movies and cartoons and whatever that she's scared of, that's when the justifiable fear of the dark sets in. Right. Justifiable, like there's something in the closet, there's something under the bed, the things that were the classic tropes and things that we're scared of. So yeah, I have to imagine <laughs> at some point some guy climbed up something that someone made and was like, "Wow, this is real tall." I. I don't like this. <laughs> I'm very scared of this. <laughs> I'm never going to do this again. <laughs> this is such a mistake. Take me back to the ocean. <laughs> Let's just surf so good right now, bro. What are we doing up here? <laughs> I'm not wearing proper footwear. That's excellent. That's excellent. I love the fact that it's VR that is going to just pull us through. I know. In I almost didn't choose that one trial. just because. No, but now I have to think of a different answer you for do, my 60 I already took second. It. Yeah. I took it you, from you. You, can't, you stole that from me. I did. You took it from me. I did. So, uh, okay. Um, let's. This is the part of the podcast where we put 60 seconds on the clock, and both Jordan and myself uh, make wild assumptions about what our current topic, in this case fear, is going to <laughs> look like. In the foreseeable or maybe unforeseeable future. Unforeseeable. Unforeseeable. No one knows. Uh, we don't know. I, if I knew, we wouldn't be here. Uh, all right. So Jordan has 60 seconds. On, are you going to go first? 
Uh, no. <laughs> VR. Okay, your turn. <laughs> All right. Okay, I, I will go first. Okay. <laughs> 60 seconds. And right, here we go. Go. So I think uh, we had talked about Get Out, the, the Jordan Peele movie, mm. in the uh, at the beginning of the podcast. And I think implementing social commentary on, on movies uh, like horror movies, on the genre of horror, I think we're going to start to see more of that. And I think um, we're going to see a, a whole genre spring up of people who are trying to make commentary on top of the the horror genre. I don't know why the horror genre, but because of the success of Get Out, I think we're just going to see more and more people try and do that. And I think a lot of people are going to fail. Yeah. But, but I think for every 10, 15, 20, 100 people who fail at it, you're going to have another person who's going to be good at it. And maybe it can be Jordan Peele again. He does have another horror movie coming out. So I think I think horror is, gonna, is going to become more of something that is going to be more in the spotlight and less of one of those like, oh, that's cute. You make horror films. <laughs> Very nice. 60 seconds. Um, he has another social thriller coming out, not a horror movie. Right. Just right. so you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. That's, that's good. No yeah. VR. Wow. And they're all going to be released on Oculus. The Oculus Rift. <laughs> <laughs> I hate you so much. All right. 60 seconds for me. Um, I think in the same vein as technology is going, I think the, with the way the internet works and how people are able to find things, I'm not going to say VR, but like, like those apps about you know people who have these obscure fears Mm -hmm. these are going to instead of being more isolating these are going to connect more people it's going to going to connect people to more resources um more therapy services things that Mm. that can actually uh unify people with these fears rather than isolate them more in their communities Mm. um they'll be more treatable as a result um yeah I, i think that's the that's the beauty of the internet is that fear doesn't everyone has fears and so these are things that are people are going to be able to uh recognize mm-hmm. and uh as a result deal with more efficiently and no matter where where they live what their occupation is who they're surrounded by it's going to be everything's going to be more normalized. So you're looking at it as more of the coping side of the future and I was looking at it as more of the entertainment side <laughs> which is good it's, it's yeah. interesting I didn't even I didn't even begin to think about the coping side of it because when you are dealing with something seemingly by yourself, it can be such an isolating thing, which is the definition of by That's why yourself. I don't watch horror movies by myself. <laughs> but then to all of a sudden know that that within the sea of people that is this 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 world, this uh-huh. existence, to know that there's at least one person going through that, there's something so comforting like, about. Oh, that. there's an entire subreddit about my fear of peanut Holes. butter and jelly sandwiches. There's actually a whole <laughs> subreddit hole about the fear of holes. holes. And I didn't realize how much of a fear I had for this. I'm going to look it up. I need you what to is banter. It, what is, okay, so it's a general fear of like falling in a hole? Or I, 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 you told me to banter, but I just have questions. So, okay. It's called tripophobia, and it is the fear of holes. It's, so is, so it, is it the fear that you're going to tripo into a hole? Hey, is that what it's called? That? That even, I didn't try that. That was... So, so there's bad. there's just this it's it's like these weird like abnormal looking almost patternesque looking holes that can form and I think I think it's because it we, almost looks like a hive of yeah. some kind. Oh god. Okay. I think it's because we I think it's because we uh, innately will project these holes onto our our skin or onto our being that So it's not just, a giant hole. It's a, it's a pattern of small holes. 
Yeah, sometimes, yes. And then there's also the pictures of like in the middle of a lake, a sinkhole where the water just sinks into nothing. Yeah. And like blackness. We're, yeah. We're abyss. nowhere we're nowhere the near void. that body of water. Yeah. We're nowhere near the country in which that body of water exists. But for some reason, me, I look at that and I think, oh, look at me tubing down that body of water. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm falling forever. Tripophobia. Another weird fear Do that I have. Do you have a fear of the ocean? I don't. Of being in some vast... The ocean, what no. If you were a, what if you were on a pirate ship and you were wearing an eye patch because you were wanting to make sure your night vision stayed intact and you fell into the ocean? But I could see in the dark, so it'd be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I could see into the hole that was very dark because my night vision was perfectly intact from my eye patch. <laughs> See, like stuff like that. That's the worst. Well, that's horrifying. Yeah. Okay, this is not. Why are we looking at pictures on an audio? It's a very visual podcast. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So the so the fear of fear. So fear. Um, Jordan, was fear whether purposeful or just cast upon you? Was it better as a kid? Okay, this is this is or as an adult. So as an adult. Okay, this is a strange question because you're asking me for something that was the thing that scared me was the feeling of being afraid. Yep. Better. <laughs> which which but it's become so much of an entertainment thing. It has. Now nowadays. Yes. But so, I think there was a part of us that also noticed it younger whether we wanted to or not. Right. So I would say that the feeling of genuine fear is something that I engage more with now on an entertainment level. I think the feelings of of chronic anxiety, mm. whether it has to do with my career, whether it has to do with social situations, whether it has to do with uh, expectations, that is that is something that I'm sure I'll never get rid of. <laughs> but it's also because you're a human being, <laughs> right? But it's it's something that I look back on my time as a child and I think. It was so petty, but there was also so, there's something so carnal about that. Yeah. I mean, th- these were things that I was scared of because I was scared of dying. Like, my anxiety about will I get, you know, will I be able to pay my credit card bill this month? That's not, that's not a fear of death. I'm not afraid that the banshee from Darby O'Gill is going to come and steal <laughs> what my soul. What was the punishment for not paying your credit card? You didn't find your American Ooh, Express. No! <laughs> Visa just has a document of everyone's childhood. They send a banshee to everyone's home who doesn't. No, it's it's uh, it's customized per per credit card user. They know what your innate fear is as a kid. Oh no, <laughs> mine's a banshee. Visa, they know. <laughs> That's what you're talking about. Oh, we know. <laughs> so I'm gonna say, uh, fear in the moment is. Better now. Now. It's better as an adult because I actually look, I, I seek out moments to find, to feel mm-hmm. fear, to feel anxiety in specific moments. Right. Whereas before, as a, as a child, <laughs> I never really sought that out. Right. And there, there's also something now as, as an adult, as a grown-up, as someone who's lived more years than that of a child... We know how to utilize that fear. Mm-hmm. We know how to take things that we're kind of that we're just afraid of or nervous of. We it's that flight or fl- fight or flight of like, yeah, nope, nope, done, done. <laughs> or to say like, there's a there's a reason that I'm afraid of this. 
it's because on the other side of that, there's something that's good. And I have to just, I just have to deal with that. I have to just get over that mountain. Exactly. Just get over and that And then hill. once I get over that, then I realize that there's an, a whole, whole other experience waiting for me mm-hmm. that most people probably won't, won't ever take that jump or yeah. that leap or, or, or dive into that, whatever it might be. Um, we know how to, as adults, hopefully know how to utilize some of that fear of like, I need to go get a new job, but I'm terrified of the interview process. I'm terrified of that socialization. But mm-hmm. I know that if I just embrace that, I'm going to hopefully improve drastically the quality of my life right. as a result of it. Right. And so as kids, we're just like, I'm scared of Freddy. And then, <laughs> that's a, which is why. What's the benefit of engaging with Freddy? <laughs> you can't sleep. He murders me in my dreams. <laughs> which is why I think. Uh, while I understand the value of utilizing that fear as a benefit now, and yes, I, I absolutely love the horror genre. You're smiling at me because you already know exactly what my answer is going to be. <laughs> Only one time in the history of this podcast have I said that it's better as an adult. It was, it, it was, it was more pure as a kid. That because it was self-imposed. Is as it only well. one been one time that you've said only the one? I think oh, wow. I'll have okay. to go back and listen to our podcast. <laughs> um, but I think it was it was it was imposed. Um, maybe the first few times it wasn't, but uh, I just I remember the very first few times I just be, just being scared out of my mind from a movie like. Uh, it was it was Nightmare on Elm Street yeah. or Child's Play or Leprechaun or uh, any of those films. And it was like one after the other for me. I would watch it and be like, why am I doing this to myself? And then I would always come back for more. And then as an adult now. You know how many times we've, we've sat down for coffee and, <laughs> and you started the conversation with, why am I doing this? <laughs> and it's just been with various different things, whether it's. Because I know that on the other side of that fear, good things are waiting. <laughs> That's. Right. <laughs>